Amen. Feel good about tonight's lesson? And we'll get right into it. Book of Exodus chapter 15, beginning at verse number 1. And everyone say amen when they are there. Amen. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. We're going to go down 19 verses to verse number 20. Verses 1 through 19 is a song that Moses and the children of Israel sing. In verse number 20, it says, And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tremble in her hand, and all the women went out after her with trembles and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. And the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. 22 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord shewed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam where were 12 wells of water and three score and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. And I want to preach to you just for a few moments this evening on this thought out of Exodus 15, from music to murmuring, from music to murmuring. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I pray that you would use me tonight to speak to your people. God, I pray that I would speak with faith and with grace, with anointing in Jesus name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So the players in this chapter, as have been for several last chapters, is Moses, children, the children of Israel and God and Miriam. They are now on the other side of the Red Sea. They have crossed successfully. And they are now uh, looking back at floating dead bodies. And it is here that Moses does something very interesting. He immediately calls on the children of Israel to sing. And he leads them in song. Moses, believe it or not, is actually quite the singer. Deuteronomy 31 and 32 say that Moses often taught the children of Israel through songs. Furthermore, Colossians 3 and 16 in the New Testament tells ministers actually that they should continue in this practice uh, to teach and admonish believers in songs and in hymns. 
This was something very common in Judaic culture and remains till this day to teach people the word of God through singing. Um, but what we are reading here today is actually the first recorded song in the Bible. Interestingly enough, the song of Moses is the last recorded song in the Bible as well. Revelations 15 and 3 says that the saints in heaven will sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. Moses sings the first and the last song of the Bible. Singing is a big deal. There are over 185 explicitly mentioned songs in the Bible. And what I mean by that is that the Bible says what you are about to read is a song that happens 185 times. This number does not include, however, all the times that people in the Bible spoke in some form of poetic utterance that could easily be considered song as well. The largest book in your Bible is the book of Psalms. This book of songs constitutes approximately 7% of your Bible. And that does not include other books like Songs of Solomon, etc. Singing is all over the Bible. Amen. Singing is a very biblical thing to do. Amen. Uh, we should never squawk or bark. Amen. At Singing, amen. amen. Singing is the will of God. Amen. Singing is in the word of God. Yeah. Amen. In fact, I would tell you that the only thing that I can think of that could be considered a superior form of communication to God would be prayer. Pray. Amen. Singing is second only to prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. You ought to sing. Praise God. Amen. With or without music. Praise God. You ought to sing. And you definitely ought to sing with music. Amen. Singing is a form of communication with God. Ephesians 5 and 19 says that you ought to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The Bible actually tells you what your mind monologue ought to be. The Bible actually tells you how you ought to talk to yourself. Amen. A lot of people sometimes wonder, why can't I stop all these thoughts running through my head? Or God, I, I can't get my, my, my thoughts cleared up. One way to get your thoughts cleared up is to start talking to yourself the way the Bible says to talk to yourself. And the Bible says that when you talk to yourself, there ought to be some lyrics involved. There ought to be a beat involved. Praise God. There ought to be some hand clapping, even if not out loud, at least in your head. Praise God. But you ought to sing to yourself in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Somebody say praise the Lord. It is amazing to me, however, in this 15th chapter when I read it, that Moses convinces the children of Israel to sing. I want you to recall that not only have they come out of severe, brutal slavery, but they have also just experienced what is perhaps one of the most polarizing uh, uh, gut-wrenching uh, situations that they will ever face as a nation. Amen. They came out. They felt confident about what they were doing. Amen. We even talked about how that they were drenched in gold and all kinds of uh, 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 wonderful adornment. Praise God. And, um, and, and, and just as about they're about to cross the Red Sea, their lives are now suddenly threatened. And so they've been going through this huge roller coaster ride. And, and they come out on the other side. And, uh, and, and they, they have seen all these glorious things. And Moses says, let's sing. Amen. Now, I don't have time to get into this. But slaves have a song. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon for slaves to sing. What is uncommon is for a slave to sing celebratory songs. 
And if you ever have time, you ought to read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. Amen. And he actually talks about how slaves sing. (coughs) But he talks about um, how that the slave song is not necessarily a happy song. It's a song of grievance. It's a song that people sing to get by the horrible work that they're being subjected to. And Moses says, we're going to sing, but not that way. Amen. We're going to sing about how great God is. Amen. We're going to sing, amen, about deliverance. We're going to sing not even about us. We're not going to even sing about how hard our life has been. We're not going to sing about all the, uh, the, the, the hard days labor that we've been subjected to, but we're going to sing about God delivering us, God bringing us out of Egypt, God splitting the Red Sea, God putting Pharaoh in his, in his, in his chariots and horses and his army. Amen. In the water and drowning him out, God giving us victory that we could not achieve for ourselves. And so they sing and they sing a song on top of that. They sing a song that they've never known and they sing a song that they've never heard amen but they they here's their first uh one of their first introductions amen to obeying moses amen yeah. and they get this call and response thing going amen and moses shouts out the lyrics to them i will sing unto the lord and they shout back at moses i will sing unto the lord and there's this call and response going back a lot of people think call and response is original with the church they've been doing this for thousands of years yeah. where they shout out and the crowd shouts back Amen. I believe that quiet church is totally unacceptable. Praise God. There is no quiet church in the Bible. They were not quiet in the wilderness. They were not quiet when they got out of wilderness. They were not quiet in the synagogues. They were not quiet in the temple. Praise God. The the, the church of, of Acts was not a quiet church. Amen. And I don't even have time to talk, talk to you about all the times they sang in the book of Acts. Praise God. But they sang in prison. Praise God. And I can only imagine that if they sang in prison, they were singing in church too. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm telling you right now, church should not be a quiet place. Amen. Church is not meant to be a library. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. And the emotion and the energy that's packed into this moment is 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 beyond high. I mean, it's it's beyond high. It's it's otherworldly. And then something peculiar happens. In verse 20, it says, and Miriam, the prophetess. Amen. The sister of Aaron took a tremble in her hand. They did not have instruments yet. And she takes a tremble in her hand. And all the women went out after her with trembles and with dances. And Miriam answered them saying, sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath, thrown, hath he thrown into the sea. Now I want to talk to you for a few moments. And I'm probably going to say some things that are new to some of you. Uh, And I'd be interested to know if I'd be surprised to think that anybody has probably ever even heard this take on what's going on here. Um, But I want you to notice that the Bible refers to Miriam here in a very unique way. It calls her a prophetess. It calls her a prophetess. And then it calls her the sister of Aaron. But she was Moses' sister as well. But the Bible does not reference the fact that she is Moses' sister. It says, Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron. What is going on here is that Miriam's position and influence in Israel, as well as her spiritual gifting, is being acknowledged. Miriam was and continues to be to this day a national icon. Even hundreds of years later, the prophet Micah in 6 and 4 says, 
speaking on the behalf of the Lord. He says, for I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Mm -hmm. But what Miriam is not in this particular verse is Moses' sister. Why? Why is she not Moses' sister? Because she is not equal, despite her being a prophet, just like Moses. Despite her being, amen, Moses' older sister. Despite her being responsible for his salvation and even survival. She is not equal with her brother, Moses. And it is not because she is a woman. Uh, because by coupling her name with her brother Aaron... There is an obvious fairness that's being afforded to her. The Bible is not saying that she is uh, that because she is a woman, she can't stand beside Moses. But what the Bible is letting you know is that she is not equal to Moses. She is not Moses's feminine counterpart. Amen. Moses is a prophet unlike any other prophet. Moses stands, amen, in a position that he does not share with anybody else. Several times throughout scripture, the Bible will say how that the Lord spoke with Moses face to face as a man does with his friend. And God himself even says, I don't talk to anybody like I talk to Moses. And in this case, and in this verse, Aaron and her are siblings, but Moses Moses is not their brother. Moses is their leader. They grew up together, but he's their leader. Amen. He's the youngest one of all three, but he's their leader. Amen. Yes, they have the same parents, but he's still their leader. Amen. Yes, there was probably times when they changed his diapers. Yes, there was probably times when they helped him learn how to walk. And yes, there was even a time, amen, where one of them saved his life. But right now, that's not what they are. Amen. Right now, that's not the position that they hold. And I, I don't have a lot of time to talk about this. And I, I'm not going to even insert the position of a pastor right now. But I do want you to know this, that even among yourselves, amen, and in churches, there will come times when people begin to congregate and come together and form an assembly. And you've got to realize that there might be people you've known your whole life. There might be people that you're even related to. Amen. But when the hand of God comes on somebody, amen, you have to acknowledge that. Amen. You have to respect that. Even if they're younger than you, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And you, you might even have to stand by and watch them make mistakes. And maybe to you, they're always going to be old pillow head, dirty face. Amen. And, and, and lazy or whatever. But I'm telling you, God is not going to run it. God is not going to ask us. Amen. For a permission slip before he lays his hands on somebody's life. Praise God. And some of you, amen, that are, that are, that are being blessed by God right now and on your way. Amen to uh, walking into your gifts and your ministry. Amen. There's going to be times when people who used to know you back in the day are going to see you and tell you who do you think you are. Amen. And you're going to have to let them know. Amen. It ain't like that no more. We ain't brother and sister no more. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I know you can't believe it, but my, 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 look at what God has done. Hallelujah. And I know we used to be homies, but it ain't like that no more. Praise God. And you, you know, I'll never forget uh, long as I live, uh, there was a young girl. I was walking by her one day. Uh, we were at a church conference and uh, I was already uh, I had already been a minister for several years. And uh, um, for some reason or another, we had some some brief cordial exchange in words. But then she turned around and she said something to me very disrespectfully. And I 
I'll just be honest with you. My own human spirit, me, mm-hmm. Ari Prado, did not think much of it. I, yeah. I just kind of said, wow, that, whatever. Uh, it didn't even bother me. I could tell you that it didn't even bother me. But immediately the Holy Ghost checked me. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Ghost said, you have to be protective mm-hmm. of your calling. All right. She may not respect it, but you better respect it. And uh, I am not saying this because of how this girl talked to me. But just a few weeks later, she was totally backslid and in the world. Amen. A girl who was pretty much raised in church and was now backslidden. But but the reason I tell you that is because somewhere in her life, she had just got in the habit of talking to whoever she wanted, however she wanted. Amen. And I'm not one of those people that believes in big I, little you. But I am one of those people that believes that when God is involved, amen, you better respect what God is doing. You may not like the person. Amen. But at least honor God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm, church folk do this all the day, all, all day long for their boss, for the judge, for the teacher. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there's been times my children have teachers I'm not crazy about. But that's still the teacher. Praise God. And if she has a complaint, I am going to believe her first. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to deal with things in order. Amen. And I don't really care. Amen. How the judge talks to me. He's the judge. Praise God. I don't want to take it. And he is your honor. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I want to come on. You don't have to like somebody to respect them. You don't have to like somebody to 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 understand that there is a hierarchy in the world. And we only hurt ourselves by thinking otherwise. In verse 20, Miriam appears to feel that Moses' song needs an encore. They've been done singing for 19 verses. That song's been over. And Miriam gets in there. And Miriam says, hey, I don't feel like we sang enough tonight. And she pulls all the women together. It actually says, and she, she, she brought them together into dance. The word dance there is mohol, which means into a circle. So she actually, she actually grabs women. If you've been in Pentecost long enough, you've probably seen this, where somebody just grabs you by the hand and insists on you two running in a circle. I'm preaching good right now. And so she grabs the women by the hand and leads them out. And here it actually says tambourine. But if you want to know the truth in Hebrew, that would include drums. So all of a sudden now there's tambourines and like a female marching band. And Miriam's not even saying anything new. Her, her one verse song is only saying what Moses already said for 19 verses. You don't see this in the Hebrew, but Moses, Moses starts the verse, his verse, his song off by saying, I shall sing unto the Lord. The, the, the I, I shall is I, she in, in Hebrew, which means I shall, I, she. But when she starts off singing, she says, she says, Ashur, which literally means sing now. So Moses is saying, I'm going to start singing. Let's all sing together. And she comes out and she says, sing now. She grabs people by the hand. She calls for the drums to come out. And I don't really want to get into this because it's probably not stuff everybody would be has heard before. 
But I will say this. Miriam struggles with not being Moses' equal. She is Miriam the prophetess. He's a prophet. I'm big sister. He sings. I'm a sing too. In fact, just a few chapters later, just a few chapters later, Miriam pulls. And even in your King James, it actually doesn't use the right wording. Miriam pulls her brother Aaron aside. Well, it uses the right wording, but it doesn't show up in English. And all the verbs are in the feminine, which means that whoever is speaking is the woman. And Miriam pulls Aaron aside and she says, I think it's numbers 12. I could be wrong. I think it's numbers 12. She, she pulls Aaron aside. She says, you know what, Aaron? She says, has not God talked to you and me too? Or does God just talk to Moses? And she's do, she's doing she's flexing right now. She's doing she's doing a little bit of a flex. And she's saying, you know what? Moses can sing, so can I. Don't get quiet on me, praise God. I will not talk tonight about Miriam's possible motives. We'll leave that alone for some other day. But one thing I will say is that she desired to keep singing when the song was already over. Can I tell you, Pentecost makes a big deal about churches who don't sing. Pentecost makes a big deal about dead churches. Pentecost makes a lot of fun of the sleepy church. And I get it. But one thing that Pentecost is afraid to explore is the church that wants to keep singing when the song is over. And the one thing we don't want to explore is the other extreme where we could sing, 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 sing. But come Monday, but come Monday. And if you don't think that the Bible is putting is is calling your attention to something that's going wrong right after Miriam's done singing. It says, and all the children of Israel arrived to the water and they arrived to this place where the waters are bitter. And they literally go from singing. Amen. On Sunday to murmuring on Monday. And when church is over and nobody's singing and the song service is over and the special is over and the choir's quiet. Amen. All of a sudden, everybody's losing their mind. They can't even pass the simplest trial. God already split the Red Sea. And now they're saying, what's he going to do with this lake of bitter water? And, And they start murmuring and they start complaining. I'm all for singing, but I'm all for living for God on Monday. Praise God. I'm all for praising God, but I'm all for walking right on Monday morning. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And I'm going to cut I'm going to cut Sister Miriam some slack here, because actually what I really feel when I hear Miriam doing this is very similar to what I see Peter doing in Mark chapter nine. Jesus takes Peter and John, his two favorite disciples. Amen. And Jesus now, just like Moses, takes them up this mountain and he says, watch what's about to happen, boys. And all of a sudden his clothes turn white as snow and his face shines like the sun. And who's there? Jesus and Moses and Elijah, the prophets and his disciples. And all of a sudden, Peter says in in nine and seven of the book of Mark, he says, man, uh, he says, it's good that we're here, master. He says, man, let's build some tabernacles. Mm -hmm. 
And Jesus says, we're not here to have 24-hour church, Peter. We're not here, amen, to just sing the night away. We're not here to just roll on the ground until the next morning. He says, that's not why we're here. And no sooner does Peter say, let's just build tabernacles up here. Let's just sing all night. Let's just keep making noise all night. That the Bible says, and there, there was a cloud that overshadowed them. And a voice came out from the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Amen. What? Why did Jesus take them up to the mountain? Amen. So that they could just bask in glory. He took them up to the mountain so that they could hear the voice of the Lord say, when it's all said and done, you better obey the voice of God. When it's all said and done, when the glory goes away and the cloud lifts. Amen. Amen. You better learn to listen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm talking about Monday morning church. I'm talking about what you do when the waters go. Amen. Hallelujah. From from sweet to bitter. Amen. I'm talking about what you do after you've had a glorious time in the Lord. Amen. And all of a sudden you got a lousy boss. I'm talking about what you do. Amen. When the music stops. Amen. We can't afford to go to murmuring. Amen. We can't afford to go from dancing to complaining and from tambourines to temper tantrums. Praise God. Amen. We got to be steady. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Well, let me say this. Singing is important. We believe in it. But how do we act when the music stops? I'm tired of people disguising stuff behind praise. That's not what praise is for. Praise is not to make praise is not to make the pastor think you ain't got no problems. Praise is not to make the saints think that you're on fire. That's not the purpose of praise. The purpose of praise is to communicate with God. And it's perfectly acceptable to lift your hands crying because you're broken. It's perfectly acceptable to sing a little louder because you're frustrated with life and you hope that God hears you from the depths of your soul and you're singing from your belly. That's perfectly acceptable. But what is not acceptable, amen, is to sing so that nobody knows you're half backslid. It's to praise God. Amen. In order to deceive everybody. We ain't gonna that's not that's not the purpose of music. That's not the purpose of praise. That's not the purpose, come on somebody, of worshiping Jesus. We worship Jesus because he's Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. We worship Jesus to communicate and commune with God. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let's lift our hands right now. Let's worship Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify the Lord. I feel something deep happening in our minds. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, I feel like we really need to pray right here. Come on, what are you going to do when the music stops? What are you going to do when there's not a theme song? Hallelujah. 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 I promise you. I promise you. All of us are going to leave this place. And come to bitter waters. That's right. Amen. That's facts. That's facts. And Sister Prado and Brother Jesse won't be there singing for you. And let's just get this straight. I'm not, pre- I'm not preaching whatsoever against praise and worship. You know, you know why I want a bigger building? So some of y'all can run. Yeah. 
Yeah. Amen. I'm praying for a bigger building so that some of y'all can run and roll on the ground. Yes. Amen. I'm praying for a bigger building so some of you can run into things, uh-huh. trip, fall, right. pretend like you meant to do it. Amen. I'm praying for a bigger building so you can lay out flat. We'll throw jackets on you. But I'll tell you what I am preaching against. Huh. Uh-huh. I'm, I am preaching against the Monday morning blues. I am preaching about not having any kind of transference. Uh-huh. 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 And I'm not talking about doing the, I'm not talking about walking into your job, cutting the rug. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I know people that do that. Uh-huh. I know people that are like, I'm taking this praise to work. And they literally take the praise to work and wonder why they get fired. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about having an inner, an inner composure, a steadiness of spirit that, that, can, that can shout on Sunday night and have a face like Flint. On Monday morning when people are yelling at you and cussing you out on the freeway, on the highway, on the job, at the bus stop. I'm talking about having that ability to take everything that you had here and and metabolize it. Amen. And and turn it into good. To take the gifts of the spirit and turn them into the fruit of the spirit. Praise God. Amen. To go from just shouting. Amen. To being able to hold your tongue. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about being able to get to some bitter waters. Amen. And not fall apart. Amen. When it looks like you're standing before the impossible. I'm talking about standing before bitter waters and being able to say, you know what? The drums ain't playing. The tambourines aren't going. And Moses ain't telling me what to do. But this one thing I know, God split the Red Sea. Amen. God delivered plagues over Egypt. God brought me out of Egypt. And, I, and my God, who has delivered me a thousand times over, is going to deliver me right here. Without lights, without music, without shouting. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, let's praise God right now. Let's praise God right now. Jesus, I praise you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Can we just lift our hands? I, you know, I never do this to you. Hallelujah. But I feel like there's something we need to take into our hearts right now. go from music to murmuring. I don't want to go I don't want to go from tongue talking to not being able to bridle my tongue. And and can I tell you that I could preach this with a passion? Because not because I'm critical of how Pentecost is, but because I know what it is to be this way. I know what it is to feel on Monday, nothing like what you felt on Sunday. Even worse, I know what it is to preach and say, God can do this. God can do that. God, I believe God for this. And then the next day, 
telling my wife I think my, my toenail is about to turn to gangrene. And be eaten up with fear and worry and anxiety. And I know what it is to come to the pulpit and talk about just believe God. Don't don't let people stress you out. Don't sweat nobody. And then all of a sudden go home and sweat somebody. And so what's the answer? The answer is this. You got to know when the music stops. And you got to know that sometimes what you need is not more emotion. Right. That's good. It's not more emotion. Yeah. You will not find another atmosphere that you could be more critical of than a church at this size and scale. There'll be days we do not sing enough songs. I specifically tell my wife, I don't want you to sing a lot of songs on Wednesday. Because this is about this is about Monday morning. This is what well, this is now about Thursday morning. Praise God. It's about Thursday morning. This is where we learn. But but there's there's a lot of stuff that'll go on here. We don't have we don't have the ability to sustain certain levels of intensity. We don't have the choir. We don't. Have, we we do our best. I think for our size and scale, we put on a nice show. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. But let me tell you something about this size. Let me tell you something about this kind of church. Right. Let me tell you something about this kind of living for God. Hallelujah. There's just not a lot of fireworks right. uh-huh. and a whole lot of work. It's right. Just a whole lot of work. That's all right. It's just. But can I tell you? PSA, and I'm finishing. Can I tell you that, you know, listen, I know what it is, okay? I'm not going to, I don't want to preface this, but I know, I, I know, I know what a Sunday night shout down feels like. I know that vibe. I know, I know that, man, I just, I ran, I fell out, I passed out. I know what it is to fall into a trance. I have actually passed out in church, in a trance, speaking in tongues. And the only reason I woke up was because I heard my teeth chattering. Mm-hmm. I know what it is to feel the Holy Ghost like that. Yeah. And I know, I know what it is. The song service, the preaching, and you're laid out in the front and you're praying and everyone's going home and you're crying and your eyes are puffy and there's Kleenex everywhere. I know what that is. Mm-hmm. I know what that is. Sure. But can I shock you and can I tell you that you could experience all those things uh-huh. doing the work of the Lord as yeah. well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There have been times my wife and I in the car at the house getting ready to do the work of the Lord. And we feel the same energy, Mm -hmm. the same spirit that we would normally derive if we had a Sunday night shout down service. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's right. That's right. You know, the wise men that found Jesus. You know, there was two people that found Jesus when he was born, the wise men and the shepherds. Mm-hmm. The wise men did it, amen, studying. The wise men did it reading. The wise men did it, amen, through looking at the profundities of Scripture. They predicted, and they, there's Jesus. But then there was another group of people that got the same information the wise men did. Mm-hmm. You know how they got it? By working with sheep. Good. The shepherds. Wow. You know what they were doing? They're, I don't even want to tell you what shepherds do half the day. But they're just pushing sheep along. 
And angels appear to them. Can I tell you that when you're working with sheep, angels appear? When you're in the work of the Lord, you'll feel the same excitement, enthusiasm. You'll have moments. You'll have moments in a coffee shop. You'll have moments sitting across from somebody at a coffee table in their living room. You'll feel the goosebumps. You'll feel the tears run down your face. You'll see them start crying. You'll see the po- you will witness the power of God. Amen. You will have people you teach Bible studies. You will lay hands on them and you will pray with them. Amen. And they'll be healed of their diseases. And there was no music. And the Bible study was on Monday at two. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm done. Let's stand. I really do feel like God's talking to us right now as a church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel, I can't tell you how powerful I feel about this right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, I I hope that I didn't make anybody think, amen, that I'm at all in any way, shape or form against, amen, demonstrative praise and the power therein. Amen. Because it's, it's real. Praise God. But I, I, I really feel so strongly impressed, amen, to challenge you, amen, to metabolize that and and, and into the next day, (laughs) because the next day there's going to be bitter waters, to translate that, amen, hallelujah, amen. So let's lift our hands right now and pray, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.